What's up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for coming. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. And we've been gone for a minute, but we back at the jump off. We're in season two. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> we are finally back. We've been missing yes. you guys. Um, yeah. Let me tell you something. Things are just going to get started like this. Here's the thing. It's so icy as to pay. Every movie this month involves an icy, snowy setting. To see the complete list, you can visit any of our socials linked down below. And if you're new here, hi! Welcome to the park. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're a weekly horror movie podcast where I introduce my friend to some horror movies. And she might not like it. Thank you. (laughs) I will not comment on that. But anyway, today we are discussing 2015's Crumpus. If you're an OG survivor, then you know we were supposed to do this last season for Happy Horror Days. Yup. But in Libra and Sagittarius fashion, we ghosted y'all and we sorry. Sorry about it. It was, you know what? It was like, what? This was like our what? second month we was you know we was a little the park had some rusty rides we had we did the first two episodes Mm -hmm. and then we forgot about two and then didn't we no wait that was for january january we lost one yeah Um, his house i'm still mad we lost that episode yeah you know actually i'm not that mad because i listened to someone else's his house episode and then we talked about it in clubhouse and then i was like yeah, everyone had a different opinion on this. But movie. I feel like we did a good job with that episode. See, they will never know. We only have half the audio. I mean, That's if you guys true. want half of the audio, we can give it. Did I delete it? I don't know if I deleted it or not. But I mean, if I find it and y'all want it, um, we can figure something out. But no, I feel like we did a good job. No, that episode was really good for us to only. I mean, from my perspective, because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. got you. I mean, you know you how know, I am. <laughs> It happens. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Sometimes you just got to see stuff more than once. But I mean, for the that's new people true. here, that's that's Johnny's thing. Like, she might see it one time and just be completely done with it. Or she might completely <laughs> like it. Like, we never fucking know until the end. <laughs> and I try to keep it that way. But for this movie, for our season opener, we decided it would be the best thing. Well, actually, we didn't decide. They decided, and it just happened to be our season opener, which we're very grateful for. But in case you missed it, we previously appeared on their show to chat about The Rage Carry 2. And if you haven't peeped the title already, A Nightmare on Fierce is in the park with us today. <laughs> Welcome, Sheree and Trent. Tell everybody you. about your show and what you got going on. Thank y'all. Yes. <laughs> hey y'all. Good to be here. We are another horror podcast um, that talks about horror through intersectional lenses. And we make it fun because we drink. So it's therapy. <laughs> no, it really yes. is fun. I enjoy listening to you all. Like, tell us everything that you have going on, like from the clubhouse, the Patreon. Y'all literally got the TLs jumping on all social networks. Like, if you're not following them, you already know we're going to link everything in the show notes. But I'm going to let them have it now before I just answer the question for them. So go ahead. Yeah. So we have, uh, of course, like they said, all on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we try to keep those 
pop in as much as we can. And then we've got um, Clubhouse where we do watch parties and then we'll do pa uh, special panels when they, um, when inspiration <laughs> hits us. Um, and then of course we have our Patreon. We do um, an extra episode a month and then we have watch parties and happy hours and lots of fun stuff on there. So and check Discord. us out. And Discord, yes, we just got that up and moving again. And uh, yeah, you can find all that also on our All My Links as well. This is what I'm talking about when I say they literally got all the TLs jumping. <laughs> like, if you just listen to um, their show or even go to all their links, it's just endless. It's like boom, 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 boom. And it's so consistent. I love it. I'm just like, oh, God, how do you do this? I would be like scatterbrained all over the place. But I love it. I especially love your clubhouse rooms. I'm so upset that I'm always at work when you guys do the live Chucky series reviews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sad because I think you would be really awesome on that. We we don't know if we have eight or ten episodes because it's a mystery to know what website you look at. <laughs> Okay, no, they're stressing me out. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but I just want to know, you need to make up your mind. Is there going to be a season two? I just need to know because yeah. how are you going to introduce my OGs all the way like at the end? I'm just, okay. Right? I'm going right? to I quit. We're <laughs> episode five, and now Jennifer and them will show up. I'm like, Jennifer and Fiona should have been here. How Obviously. many episodes is this supposed to be? We don't know. <laughs> okay, so Wikipedia Let me go look eight. on TV time. No, they tell you different things. They right? keep telling us different. Let's see what TV time says, because right. Wikipedia says eight, IMDb says 10, and so we don't know. <laughs> Devin Sawa tweeted eight, but also he likes to play with our emotions. It's eight. We don't know. Okay, like, so it was for sure. What's the real number? No, like there's only eight episodes. It says five out of eight. It's Are only... they reliable? I don't know yeah. who that is. I'm just asking. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what that's because you know, like some of these. It's like my app who rate things. I'm like, no, it's the app that you keep track of us, uh, the shows that you watch. Yeah. And so okay. it's like a whole database that's updated. It tells you like one, like an hour before the show premieres. Mm -hmm. It tells you like days before seasons come back on. So I know when like Charmed and Kung Fu and All American Homecoming <laughs> and stuff mm -hmm. is premiering. And it tells you when all the stuff is premiering. Y'all see how oh, she be I trying know. to turn this podcast out. <laughs> always be trying to turn it out. Right. You see? For her birthday movie, she had me watching Grease. Like y'all keep seeing how she's yeah. trying to turn this podcast out. Like you see what she, you see? No. <laughs> like now you've done Grease, you gotta do Grease too, though. Oh God! Oh, no. no, 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 no! Don't give her no ideas. No, Why are you trying to? Well, no, no. If y'all haven't tuned in to the episode yet. This girl had me watch Grease for her birthday. If you haven't checked out the episode, it's the previous episode. And I just, okay, look, let me stop saying, I liked it a little bit, but don't be telling nobody. But <laughs> I just still couldn't like, I couldn't, it was torture just how I torture her weekly on this show. And a lot of people don't like Grease too. Don't do no. that to me. The first time I saw it, I did not like it. But now that I'm getting older, I'm like, is it a better story with weaker songs? Is that why we didn't like it? <laughs> Basically. Oh, that's too yeah. the, the songs are weaker. There's only yeah. one song I like, and it's Cool Rider. That's the only right? song I like. Also, the first one cheated because Olivia Newton John is like, I'm from Australia and I came to sing, bitches. Whereas, like, the second one is like, we are actors who are learning how to do the music. <laughs> right. Basically. It's not Michelle Pfeiffer's fault. What? At all. <laughs> it's like now you're tempting me to want to see it, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I wouldn't put you through that one. Well, like, I wouldn't put you through that. I like it because I just. 
Musicals, Grease. Not all musicals, but not all. Not all musicals. <laughs> we needed like a secret, like horror podcaster situation, like a secret Discord or something, where it's like, hey, we're gonna do Rocky Horror Picture tonight. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Come alone. <laughs> but I like that movie. We're gonna end up covering that because so many of us love it. I don't. It's gonna be a free for all. It's gonna right. be like how many of y'all are free? One o'clock this Saturday. Rocky Horror going down. Best costume wins. <laughs> don't get me started because I could definitely pull that green jacket. I might have to find mm. some pink gloves, but I can pull it. I got the green jacket. It's in the tote. Doesn't look just like it, but you would know what I was trying to do if I wore it. That's all that matters. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> no, Ashley, this is so random. But I met a cat yesterday named Elvira. Oh, that's precious. Like when you first said cat, I was trying to figure out where you was going because you know, like me and cats, we like. I don't like cats either. (laughs) So I was trying to figure out was you trying to fuck with me? (laughs) Okay, so if y'all follow me on any of my personal socials, you may or may not know I like to go to the farmers market. Well, it's November now. Well, December now, and the farmers market is closed. So now I gotta actually go to the farm to get my eggs. And so I went to the farm yesterday and I had checked out and the guy was like, oh, hey, this is our cat, Elvira. She's very friendly. And the cat just came up to me, was all purring and rubbing herself on me. I was like, oh, but then her eyes were very piercing and she was very nice. I was like, oh, hi, Elvira. No, that's a horror movie. I know. It's like the human Elvira. (laughs) Oh, she's lovely. Like I got to sit in like a, book signing conversation with her and they were just like trying to get her to like figure out how to work her shit because she was like why are things echoing so we started 15 minutes late she was like i can't i can't listen to myself this way (laughs) i'm having to help her and i was like you get what you need cassandra you get what you need we will wait i could just sit here and look at you it's okay i would just (laughs) (laughs) we were all in the messages being like bluetooth don't do this your iPods need to be charged. Like, we were helping her and she was receiving it. And Not then Blue's Clues? No. This was like an episode of Elvira's Clues. Like, can we help her <laughs> connection? <laughs> it was so funny. Um, and when it was all over, she like entered the chat because people were still like, oh my God, that was great. Oh my God, I love her. And she entered the chat and I was like, oh my God, are we chatting with the Elvira? I would have been just asking her anything. See, no, right. that's why I can't do stuff like that because I just wouldn't be able to control myself. But then there's also a side of me that just completely will be on mute. So it could be either or. It just depends on whose it is. It mm-hmm. it varies. Let's go ahead and get into... Park Recommendations. If you're new here, Park Recommendations is where we kind of like recommend movies that kind of pair well with this one so for this week's movie it was kind of hard for me okay because I was really trying not to be ghetto and just <laughs> just choose two other Krampus movies do you know it's like 20,000 of them what? listen <laughs> and you if you I was literally had in my notes why the f- are there so many damn Krampus movies? There is Krampus, <laughs> The Christmas Devil, 2013. Krampus 2, The Devil Returns, 2016. 
uh, Krampus, The Reckoning, 2015, Krampus Unleashed, 2016, I've seen that one, and then Mother Krampus, 2017, and um, yeah, it was just a lot of, none of those are my park recommendations, but if you want to count them, that's fine, but whatever. Sure. My recommendations for the week are Rare Exports, 2010, and then A Christmas Horror Story, 2015. I really like both of those. First of all, I'll just, I'll say this. I know I'll be giving Christmas shit, but I love Christmas horror movies. Like, that's just a whole new level. I'm like, oh, yeah. Bring those over here. Let's do it. I'm bargaining with BJ. I'm like, we can watch a human Christmas movie one night, and then we can watch a horror one the next night. And he's like, well, why do we have to do that? I'm like, this is compromise. Like, at least I put the, the regular one first. I could have just straight right. out said horror movie. You could have done two and then one. Right, right. I just keep beating him downstairs and turning on my movie face. Like, oh, I was already watching it. I guess we gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm terrible. It's okay. The opposite. This is like the only Christmas horror movie I like, and I've mm -hmm. seen like a lot, lot. Because whenever they put out those lists of the best ones, I'm like, I'll show you what the best is. And I watch all of them, I'm like, this is awful. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and Twitter's like, why do you do this every year? And it's like, cause I can't learn. Um, <laughs> this is the only one I like. Like, this is the Krampus I fucks with. Everything else, I'm just like, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Really? I really like a Christmas horror story with William I Shatner. Oh, I, I need to see that one. That's one of the few I'm missing. I will say the original Black Christmas hits a spot for me sometimes. Oh, but yeah, like that yeah, and yeah. Krampus, um, okay. that's kind of it. I yeah. don't know why, like, even though I had wrote about a lot of these Christmas horror movies in my notes, like those just like exited my head. I was just focusing on Krampus movies. But between yeah. those, it's a few of them I like. Like, I have a thing for movies that go, like, straight to Netflix, straight to DVD, like the trash horror. I have a thing oh, for yeah. them. Not going to lie. <laughs> like, like, the straight like, to so, Netflix is, like, the new fight I've been at Walmart. And yes, so like, I'm just like, here? some of those, I'm like, these are kind of interesting. Like, if they had a bigger <laughs> budget, budget, if they had a bigger <laughs> budget, they might be a little, you know, a little something fire. But, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so believe it or not, I am the exact opposite of Shrey, and I love Christmas. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to say that my recommendation to go with this film would be, and Shrey's going to hate me for saying this because she hates this movie, yeah. but um, better watch out. <gasps> we covered that movie, and we were babies then. Like, I kind of want to revisit it because, yeah. like, I, I know. know you, didn't you guys do an episode on it? Yeah, we just did one yes. with Mark Oestis. Mm -hmm. I yeah. heard y'all's. It was one of the first episodes I heard yes, from y'all. Because we, we met up in Clubhouse. And I was like, hey, hey, you got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was my first time seeing it. And it's like, the movie is disgusting. But for some reason, I still like it. It's like, it's problematic. There are things like, why do we do this? And why do we go here? But at the same time, I'm like, hmm sparked my interest a little bit. Maybe if they had to do some different things, some cleaning here and there, we would be cool. But yeah. I do like that movie. Maybe if it was a different movie, I would like it. <laughs> Same! <laughs> so many of my friends, because again, I do these I do these lists every year, because I mm -hmm. put on a list, and I'm like, I'll show you what's great and what's not. And I do it, and they're like, why don't you like that? And I'm like, because it's this movie. Why do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm conflicted. That's why I'm conflicted. Because I'm like, if it didn't have all the problematic things, I would be fine. 
That movie made my worst of the list of the year. Did it? Oh, it did. Yeah, right. It was yeah. basically just white chaos <laughs> on Christmas. It was. Basically. It yeah. was. Basically. I didn't like the way the movie ended. Spoiler alert. Well, I mean, we haven't actually spoiled anything yet, but just in case someone does, I'm just going to hit the spoiler alarm right here. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't like the ending, but... Oh, see, I liked the ending, but I didn't because I didn't watch through the whole credits to hear the that's thing what that I mean. at the very yeah. end. I don't like that part. But yeah, I if like it would have stopped where it stopped, I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. They lost me about three minutes in, and then I, was just, I when I had to rewatch it for the podcast, I was mad. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the but worst. I will say, I will say that Krampus is by far my favorite. Christmas horror film and probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely become a staple. I love Krampus. At least for me. John A's a little quiet, so that can mean mm-hmm. anything. But <laughs> <laughs> we starting season two of just all the way the right way. But Fibers, <laughs> if you have any park recommendation that fit today's ride, you can let us know on our Twitter. <laughs> Before we get into our experiences with this movie, let's talk about Krampus's backstory. The European tale of Krampus goes a little something like this. Krampus accompanies Santa Claus while he's doing his rounds passing out Christmas gifts. Instead of giving gifts, Krampus gives out punishments of all different kinds. On December 5th, while Santa would check in on children and make sure, you know, they were being good, everything was cool, calm, collected, Krampus was basically running the scared straight Christmas program. And depending on how naughty the children have been determined the punishment. Some kids were left with birch rod in their shoes, while others would be beaten with branches. Even worse, some are thrown in a sack and dragged back down into the underworld. I'm trying to debate if I want to tell my kids this growing up because I feel like this is a good idea. No. You know what? Krampus can instill fear where Santa does not. Yes. A lot of little bastards are like, I don't care about presents. Right. And they do what they want. Whereas exactly. it's like, Krampus will come and get you and your friends. They're going to be like, oh, oh, I'm going to eat my vegetables and go to sleep. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we need to start spreading the good word of Krampus because some of these little kids just they don't get it. So parents out there, I'm giving I'm giving y'all a way to get them to straighten up. This episode drops at the top of December. If they want to act up, they can get snatched up by Krampus. Okay. Period. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the trauma that's about to be instilled in the minds of these children. I want that stocking. <laughs> What? That's talking. Act up, get snatched up by Yes. <laughs> and then just have him like peeking around the corner, like, I'm waiting. Here we go. Oh, my, God. <laughs> my first time seeing this movie, um, I believe it was last year when we were supposed to do it, and you know, all that happened. But what happened was, I was really into the Watch Mojo countdowns. And I would hear it on there. Whenever I hear a movie on there, watch Mojo. And I always say this. They don't know how to not. Like, they give you a spoiler warning. But I wish they would, like, put the movies in the beginning. I don't know. Like, the way they do the title and then they include the movies. I'm like, well, dang, you kind of just spoiled that for me. But this didn't happen with this movie. 
soon as I seen it on there, I was like, okay, I have to watch this. Then I would hear other people talk about it. And once I did, I was like, how was I missing out on this for the last, what, four years? It came out 2015. I was like, hmm, because I mean, I like Trick or Treat and it's the same director. So I was just like, oh, this makes sense. You should just steal another holiday movie. Just make that your thing. You seem to be good at it. <laughs> Listen, I I saw this in actual theaters when it came out because I had a roommate, Troy, and Troy was like, she will never say no to the Alamo or a horror movie. So he was like, hey, I'm gonna go see this and I'm gonna go alone. And I'm like, you say horror? Okay. And so I went not knowing anything. And I was like, why is Adam Scott here? Tony Collette's here. Um, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> and so I was just in for this ride that I did not know. That was and me. Right. <laughs> <like, laughs> True story, though, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it as much as I do now because I was like, oh, well, it's Christmas horror and it's PG-13, but like it was fine for what it is. And now that I have been through a bunch of Christmas shit, I'm like, no, this is this is the one. <laughs> this is the movie. This is the moment. <laughs> Nobody can tell me anything else. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw it in theaters, too, um, dragging my um, then boyfriend with me to go watch it because, um, you know me, I love Christmas and I love horror and it's like perfect. Um, and I've been obsessed with it since then. I've seen it. I don't even, I could probably quote most of it to you, but I will say what taught me, like what, what snatched me into it from the very beginning was just the opening credits. I know the opening credits were just like, oh, this is what I'm here for. And this is, and it just went, it just kept going. I loved it. Just pure violence and chaos. Johnny, was this your first watch? Yes. <laughs> wow. So you ain't even watch it last year? No. Wow. <laughs> At least I still have my notes. You see how she do y'all? see how she do y'all survivors? Well. I was going to watch it when, well. you know, right? Maybe like a two days or so before we record. That's normally what I do. I can't watch it. Too. of a podcaster. I can't watch it too many too many days in advance of the record date or else it's going to slip the mind. <laughs> um, so we never scheduled a date to record. <laughs> so I never watched the last two movies. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's all good. Well, I guess we're going to find out how she feels because she'll do this thing. She's gotten a lot better. Usually, she used to have her emotions just right there on the table, out the gate. I don't like it. But now she's almost like me where we kind of have to wait to the very end. So I guess we just don't have to find out. Well... <laughs> <laughs> This was directed by Michael Doherty, who I mentioned earlier also did Trick or Treat, written by Michael Doherty, Todd Casey, and Zach Shields, produced by Michael Doherty again. Thomas told John Jashney and Alex Garcia, music by Douglas Pipes. And let's talk about the music for a hot second. They almost like the, um, what can we call them? The... Christmas songs, the original ones, the ones we all know that played through the movie. I don't know what to call them, Christmas tunes, whatever. They almost weren't allowed to use any of them. They were like, no, you can't use these because it's a Christmas horror movie. I was like, oh, wow. Why do y'all do us like this? Like, stop treating us like this. Right? Right? Like, I have more right. on this later, but I'm just like, you don't have to do this to us. Like, oh, gosh, wow. So to make it even more interesting, what Douglas would do with some of the carols is just start adding different like pagan noises in. So like bones, like clattering in a bag or like the different chains and things like that. But one thing about it is music is pretty consistent throughout the entire thing. 
even scenes where there isn't music, I like how they use like the natural ambiance to still like fill out the room. It was only something I noticed on this watch. I watched it twice the last 48 hours because that rental window's magical and I missed it. And I was like, this is never silent, even when it's silent. Um <laughs> never. Like something is happening. I'm just like, dang, like this is kind of which brings me to the special effects that were done by the Weta Workshop based in New Zealand, where the movie was shot. They did such an amazing job, and I kind of just want to get into them right now. I just might as well. The amount of CGI in this movie is astronomical. Listen, I don't know if you guys know, 95% of the film was shot on a soundstage. The house that they were in, only the first level was a real house. The top of it is straight CGI. Like, it's not real at all. The first level was real. Damn. Only the first level was real. That was just the sound stage. But then the whole rest of the neighborhood is CGI. Like none of the neighborhood is real. Damn. So even when like Beth is walking through the neighborhood, like none of that is real. She's on like a set. Couldn't even tell. Right? It looks it's one of the few times CGI looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the obvious ones, like the gingerbread man, like that's them. But right. everything else, I was just like, Are you kidding me? I thought yeah. you guys were like on the block somewhere. Nah, I, I thought it was all fake because I was like, oh yeah, here's another one of these nice ass houses we never really get because it's a set. And right. it's like, no, the first floor is real. <laughs> I lied to. <laughs> the only thing that was shot on location was the opening scene, Trent's favorite scene. That's it. And then on top of that, most of the snow outside was made like from the diaper. If anybody's like seeing diapers, like the feeling that's inside. Mm -hmm. That's like all the snow outside. I don't know how I would feel about that. <laughs> I'm just like, this is just diaper mush. Like, I mean, obviously it's not urine in it, but still just the feel, I just feel like I wouldn't like it because I felt that before and it's like, it's, ugh, I don't like it. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. <laughs> For our main cast, we have MJ Anthony as Max Engel. We have Adam Scott as Tommy Engel. You might know him from Parks and Rec or Step Brothers. Then we have motherfucking Tony Collette. Listen, um, John A, you know Tony, don't you? She looks familiar. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not teasing you. I promise you on that. I was really asking. That's why I'm making this face. Hereditary. <laughs> no, she hasn't seen Hereditary seen yet. Oh, but the she is. She is really soon, and I'm excited for her to see it. It's I have seen The Sixth Sense. <laughs> she was the mom, mom in The Sixth Sense. But she does She's look not, different in that familiar. movie. Like her eyebrows Maybe. were like yeah. rainbows in that movie. We got it together yeah. since then. But. No, like she's a genre icon. Like, <laughs> yeah. So many Oscars should have been had. Listen. Listen. I just cannot wait to introduce her to Hereditary. I'm telling you, Survivor's out the gate. At some point in the season, we are doing Hereditary. There you go. But I can't wait for <laughs> oh, that episode. Next, is it next month? You trying to tell them everything right now? <laughs> <laughs> it is a Holy season two. It's season two. I know that. Okay, hold on, Holiday. Hold on, hold on, Holiday. <laughs> Don't give it to them dry like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. But then you have Stefania Lavie Owen as Beth Engel. And 
I kept looking at her like I know who this is, and she was in the Lovely Bones. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. who she was, but she's in the she's not um Susie, but she's, she's like friends. yeah, she's one of the friends. I was like that girl is familiar, which oddly enough, her younger sister Lolo Owen, who plays Stevie, is her actual little sister, like in real life. Yeah, I kept looking at them like they look alike, but I'm like that's just good casting because they're cousins. But then I'm like, oh, they're actually related. Oh, that was kind of cool. We have Krista Stadler as Ami Engel, David Ketchner as Howard. He was in the Anchorman series, Final Destination Five, Talladega Nights. A whole bunch. He's in a lot of stuff. Like you know, as soon as you see his face, you know yeah. exactly who that is. Allison Tolman as Linda of Fargo fame. Then you have Conchata Farrell as Aunt Dorothy. She recently passed in 2020. You probably know her as Berta from Two and a Half Men, Edward Scissorhands, Aaron Brockovich. It's like, she's another one. Once you see her, you've seen that Mm -hmm. lady before. You definitely see her. To round it out, we have Queenie Samuel as Jordan, Maverick Flack as Howie Jr., and Ivy George as Baby Chrissy. I I was also just like blown away at how stacked like the lead cast was because Listen. normally you get one or two actors who you know. This was mm-hmm. like we need all actors we know. Um, seeing Tony Collette do a Christmas horror movie, I was like that already means it's got to be better than the rest. Like she don't fucks around. She don't. I heard that she's always very open to different roles, especially if it's something that she hadn't done before. That's what I've heard. I couldn't find the interview to confirm, yeah. Yeah. but I love yeah, it. And I love just seeing her play just kind of the everyday mom. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing kind of weird about because normally she has something kind of off about her character. And in this she was just like your mom. You and know? pulls it off very well. Like her mm-hmm. acting like this is a Tony, this is now a Tony podcast. But like the way she acts and she uses her entire face the entire time. It's not just like she's just saying a line and has just yes. stuck eyebrows oh or God. something. Like she didn't have Botox before that shoot. That, <laughs> that's what makes me mad about these CW actors is that they're just like, I can't use my actual face. I have to pretty cry. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna do the one tear. And yes. I'm like, who is this for? Whereas Tony like came over here from England and was like, we use our whole face. Do you mind? (laughs) I just love it. Oh my goodness. So when approached about creating a Christmas horror movie, Doherty was more than ready. When he was a kid, he'd already created a character called Santa Claus. Like claw, claw, you can't see us. There you go. And even went on to draw his own Christmas cards with a rather dark tone. Then in 2004, he received a few greeting cards with Krampus on them. And at that point, it was up and stuck. And stuck would be the best word to describe it because he couldn't really figure out what he wanted to do with the movie. So he went on to do Trick or Treat first. But then he came back, brought it back. He had a new team. He was like, okay, we got it together. And he spoke about how Christmas used to be spooky, a mystical pagan holiday. It was debaucherous. Speaking of how people stuffed themselves following the lines of, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. But they also believed in the dark winter spirits and ghosts. So really in the movie, they wanted to explore what happens when the family doesn't get the happy ending. What, you know, a lot of other Christmas movies would give. But what if Krampus actually seeped into their reality? And, you know, what if? If I'm correct, and I could be wrong, so anybody feel free to shout at me. We hadn't had a Christmas horror movie since the 2006 Black Christmas remake. 
I think. I could be wrong. But I could be right. Yeah, I think maybe, I don't know. Could be wrong. I stand to be corrected. But didn't a Christmas horror movie come out in the last couple of years? Probably. Oh, in the last couple of years, yeah. yeah. But between that and this, there yeah, was, it, was it wasn't dry. nothing going on. It was just cute. And really Universal put their foot down and they was like, this has to be PG-13. You cannot make yeah. this a hard R. And you know, because of movies in the past, like Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, those are both rated R and you know, had a very negative impact on their theater going crowd. If you guys haven't heard, we've already did Silent Night. That episode was super fun. <laughs> 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 like John A was taken by that movie, but- I was right. There was a 2019 Black Christmas. Yes. Oh, that situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why nobody. <laughs> we... I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say either, that's exactly so. why nobody. They know what they did, and I hope Krampus come for them. Okay. It's, it's just you know what. Some things we just don't speak about. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I do think that. Uh, the director Michael Doherty wanted to make it R-rated, and then, he did. And they kind of fought about making it PG-13 or making it R. I kind of think that's my really only complaint about the movie is I think it would have been a little better if it was a little scarier if it was R-rated. But I still love it for what it is. It's like when you first see the movie, when you see it for the first time, especially when it starts building up, it's so much action. But then when you come back to watch it, you do kind of want the more scary mm-hmm. moments like you said but see here's the thing so since they settled for this being um pg-13 he was like okay look trick-or-treat two hard r not negotiable that's it if this got to be pg-13 this got to be a hard r so i'm like where is it at though <laughs> listen, listen no, where's sam <laughs> <laughs> it's now been six years come on now listen bring me that tiny one i need him <laughs> To be fair, as much as I hate a PG thirteen movie, because I need some, I need some blood, some guts, and some cuss words. Um, but like, we also don't have a lot of PG thirteen horror movies that are quality, yeah. which is a problem. Yeah, mm. um, and most of them are like when we were babies. And like PG thirteen horror Christmas, I think it's just Gremlins and this. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's totally fair. <sighs> Right? Because I'm just like, you frustrate me so much. (laughs) (laughs) Another battle was the scene of Howie Jr. drinking the peach schnapps because it was flagged for a moment of concern for underage drinking, potentially earning them the R rating. But the argument was, okay, so we could do that, but we can show a kid getting swallowed by a jack in the box. Right. And here's here's my thing. He's he's a babe, like an infant. Like, it's, I mean, not really empty, but you know what I mean. Like he's a baby. It's not like he's seventeen and like, hey, I'm gonna go get wet. You know, yeah. and it's and it's sad because it's like we're almost more okay with that. Because how many movies have high school kids getting wasted and doing <laughs> other things? Okay, Most heaven, of the heaven forbid the baby get into your schnapps. Yeah, <laughs> they, they wanted Home Alone with a Krampus appearance, and Michael was like, no. <laughs> No, fam. No. What? <laughs> I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Omi's character was originally written to be deaf, but they opted to switch it out for her speaking German so it can have that tie into Krampus. And I like that a lot better. Yeah. 
Especially just, if the actress is not deaf. Yeah, because I just, <laughs> mm -mm. yeah, no, that. Well, actually, you know, I meant to say this earlier. There were three actresses in the role, but they all like backed out or had to do something before they got to her. So she was the fourth in line. I don't know Ooh. who the other three were. I really want to know. Who I like her. I, I like her. And I also like the idea that, because a lot of people have that like friend, if you're not that person, who has like the real connection to like the grandmother and everybody else like treating the grandmother a little bit like shit. Right. Like, oh, Omi, we already brought cookies. Get Omi out of the fireplace. Like, she's not an adult. And the kids got to be like, Omi's a grown up. Omi's teaching me a language that you don't use. Cause you over here hiding in America, dad. And so I just I connect well. I'm I'm here for only. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, we can get into her in just a little bit, but before we do, y'all know we cannot skip the queue line. So if y'all ready, let's go ahead and get in line. We'll be back. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. Okay, y'all, y'all know we wouldn't have our season any other way if we didn't do a cute line. Of course, we went ahead and pulled a quiz that pretty much goes along with the lines of the movie. And it was actually hard because I found a lot of good ones and I just didn't know where I wanted to go with it. There might have been one that involved Penn Bagley. Maybe that'll be <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was, I was really, it was about to be one of those things where I text you, John May, like, which one do you want to do? But I was like, you know what? We'll just say that for later. I just felt like this one fit the most. We're going to put together a Christmas list, and then it's going to tell us when we learned that Santa wasn't real. Or is he? Just in case y'all got kids listening, which you probably shouldn't, because I'm probably going to be cussing this episode. So, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> maybe not. You know, no. Auntie Ashley, y'all know how it is. It's cool. <laughs> no. I feel like I come with a five, four-letter word guarantee. On a good day, <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes we'll do it and we don't even realize we did it till we like listen back to the episode. It's like, damn, he's kind of spicy. <laughs> so, a lot going on, and it's like we don't care. Like none of us care, but I was like, oh. Yeah. I forget what my mouth sounds like until I'm somewhere else. Because I was in like I was in like Mormon country for like ten days, and I was just letting them go, and people were not. They were like, oh, oh. Yeah, it is really good tea. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I forgot where I was. <laughs> the worst part about it is I teach little kids. And I just, in my head, I'd be like, did I just cuss? <laughs> I don't know. And then it's like that meme with the math equations. So I'm just like, I don't think I did. None of them have a shocked face. So maybe I didn't. Okay. It's cool. Maybe they don't have a shocked face because their parents be cursing at them too. I was about to say that. They're used to it. <laughs> Some of them kids know more words than I do. I'm like, let me take a note. <laughs> <laughs> I told Johnny last week, and then I'll be done with it. I was like, they be telling me the tea that be happening in their house. They be telling me the tea. I be like, right? Your daddy got in a car accident. When he come home, he came home late. What was he? <laughs> he used to be telling me everything. They was yelling. Oh, I found this TikTok. <laughs> right? It's this black lady. She's a nanny. And people be asking her story to tell them stories about her nanny experiences because she nannies for rich white people. And she was, one of them was hilarious to me because she was babysitting the kids, like all of the friends' kids during parties. 
And they were like, yeah, you know, our parents got the costume and they probably got XYZ going on downstairs. And yeah, but you know, they got my daddy got these and my handcuffs and stuff. My daddy got, I was like, what in the world? Girl, her, her, her TikTok is very interesting. Kids just be telling everything. No, they my years in daycare is why I know what good gossip is, but it also get awkward because all of a sudden the teacher got to be like, how do I explain divorce to a bunch of three-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Oh my goodness. Let's go ahead and pick an electronic item. Phone case, headphones, portable charger, or speaker. I'm going to go with the speaker. I'm going with the charger. Headphones. I'm going speaker as well. I always can never have too many portable chargers. This is true. But also I'm a loud person, so that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Pick a clothing item, a dress, a skirt, a pair of jeans, a blouse. I'm gonna go with the jeans. Same. Yeah, jeans. (laughs) I could be crazy and go with a skirt. Like what type of skirt? Is it a blue (laughs) jean skirt? Is it flowy? Is it a pencil skirt? I want to know. (laughs) Mid-calf? Like it is so many skirts. Like you got so many. It's a a tiny mini skirt. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes, I love mini skirts. First of all, I love mini skirts. That's what I'm talking Pick some shoes. Sneakers, boots, heels, sandals. I'm conflicted. Since this is my Christmas list, I'm always asking for boots. Sneakers. I live in the even when it's scary, slippery outside. I know. I like sneakers too, but I need new dance heels. I'm gonna, go I'm gonna do. I know. Okay, I'm gonna do heels because you did heels. <laughs> pick some tickets. Concert tickets. I already know what John they gonna pick. Museum plane tickets, tickets. Plane tickets. Or Broadway tickets. Concert. Yeah, I'm a concert. Nah, give me some plane tickets so I can get the fuck up out of here. That was my second <laughs> option, but I was like, yeah, I'm between. That. I'm gonna go Broadway. Pick a beauty item: curling iron, nail polish, makeup, or jewelry. I am nail the polish. makeup person for no reason. Just and it just be sitting there. Same. <laughs> I stopped buying makeup. I buy one lipstick and like one mascara a year and then I hardly ever use it and it's like oh this mascara is probably done for it and I do it again the next year I buy it like I use it because like the the other things that I do so I use it but see my habit is I'll buy like the sets that I don't need and then just use it like two times and then it just sits there and I'm like oh I have to throw this away now that was a waste did you buy Kylie Jenner's why would I do that? Don't be don't fucking do rude. I don't care because if Freddie's name Freddy. was on it. I don't care if Freddie's name was on it. I'm not giving to that Jenner. Why would I do that? No. Okay. I heard trying to use my good bro, Freddie. It did look nice, but no. no. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I wish they would have put perfume in here because I would have picked perfume in a heartbeat. I guess I'll go with makeup. Yeah. I'm a nail polish queen. Yeah, I'm a nail polish. Pick one last item. Slippers, pajamas, socks, or pillows. Slippers. Pillows. I say pillows. 
Same. Yay. <laughs> but it allows to make everything more comfortable. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Here are the results. I'm going to let you guys go first. What do you guys do first? I learned that Santa wasn't real when I was five. Um, <laughs> learning that Santa wasn't real at five was probably pretty painful, but I hope you weren't crushed is what it says. <laughs> I was not crushed and I was six, so I'll allow this. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. I want to smart kid. And so I was like, um, Santa's giving us some weak ass gifts. I know we're poor. So <laughs> I, I should have played my parents. I was like, I'm not trying to tell them, my younger siblings, that Santa's not real, but like, Santa ain't real. And I'd rather just have the money instead of more socks. And they were like, don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> so you already got socks. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awful. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Santa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, mine says, you learned that Santa wasn't real when you were seven. You were getting a little too old to still believe in Santa, so your parents had to break the news to you at the age of seven. My parents never broke the news to me. I just kind of like slowly figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember when. If they haven't talked to you about it, you should just run over and be like, what's Santa getting me this year? Because I asked for a car. <laughs> I asked Santa for some of these bills. I'm just saying. Right, right. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Go pay a, a month of my car payment. Thank you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, what did you get? It says you learned that Santa wasn't real when you were 10. You were way too old to believe in Santa. So I thought you found out that he wasn't real by accident. So it wasn't at 10, but I did find out he wasn't real by accident. I was <laughs> after school daycare. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Santa. <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, Santa wasn't isn't real." Maybe it was it was between eight and ten, though. I know that for sure because I was in elementary school, and they were like, "Yeah, Santa isn't real." All this type of stuff, and I was like, "What?" So then I went home, and my mom was washing my hair. Now you know it's time to talk to your parents. Me washing your hair, so I was like, "Mom, is Santa real?" Some some she was like, "Oh yeah, thought you knew that." It's like. <laughs> So then, why are your mama be doing you like that? (laughs) (laughs) So then, it kind of like hurt my feelings later on in life because she was like, I never told you this Santa wasn't real. I said, yes, you did. Because I mentioned the kids that brought it up at daycare. And you were like, yeah, no. So then I had to pretend like Santa was real for the longest time when we finally had my brothers. (laughs) I got the same thing you got finding out at 10, which was pretty accurate. But, um... (laughs) The thing was, the way I found out was because I got bad grades. And bad grades was like a C on my report card to my mom. And she just, the world was over. And she told me, she was like, Santa Claus isn't coming to this house this year. This year we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so when I got that C and she said that, I'm like, girl, what you mean? <laughs> what, what you talking about? <laughs> So, sure enough, I wake up on Christmas Day and it looked just like it did in the movie. Like, it was like, it wasn't that dark, but like, all of like, the the tree was like pretty much bare. There was a picture of Jesus. And then it was just, like, that was it. I was like, okay, what happened to the lights? What happened to it? Like, the decorations were still outside, but I was just lost and confused. So then the next year, 
when I turned 10. Um, I think that was the year that we got the foosball table and air hockey table and stuff. And my nephew spent the night and we just heard them bringing it all in. And we were just like, what the hell? What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And yes, at my big ass age of 10, like, but I also had like a gang of nieces and nephews that were like right under me. We were all close in age. So I think they were all just trying to like, if one believe, all of them gotta believe. And then when I found, when we both found out, they was like, y'all bet not. I was like, I mean, <laughs> there are no secrets in big families and small houses because that's another sign is I'm like Santa uses the same wrapping paper you picked up at the family dollar um to wrap these socks that I don't want. So <laughs> I definitely confronted my mother about Santa Claus trying out of socks that you <laughs> Yeah, she would hide stuff. Like she would well. When that air hockey thing happened, that's when we started looking for stuff, though. But that was short-lived. But I'm like, y'all could have been hiding them at somebody else's house. Why y'all ain't send us to sleep at somebody else's house? Like, why y'all did all this? Y'all loud as hell coming through this front door. Like, downstairs, <laughs> you hear the trio. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Who's that? Is somebody breaking in? Something. It's cool. It's, it's whatever. And also, I think it also has something to do with like where you are in the line of kids, because like yeah. you were like one of the younger ones, and I was number six of eight. And so by the time like we're there, they're tired, and so they ain't being delicate about this dollar they put under your pillow for this tooth no more. You wake up like, why are you moving my head around? What are you <laughs> right. doing? I'm like, take these cords and go back to sleep. I'm see I'm the oldest and like there's almost a 10 year gap between me and my younger brother and so I was always wanted to be like like hanging out with the adults more than I was like doing the kid stuff so like I wanted to be the one that was like staying up late and helping them put the things together and everything and that was honestly as a kid super fun because I would see my aunts be like would y'all be quiet the kid are trying to sleep and I just being fired about like being too loud, being too quiet, getting it done fast enough. Like <laughs> it's just a daily struggle. I'm caught in the middle. I'm the youngest of my siblings, but my nephew is literally maybe 15 months younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so it's a whole football team behind him. So normally I was grouped with them. So I definitely had to be the one to like keep up the facade once we both found out. But my, it's just my a little, lot. My little brother has nieces and nephews that are older than him because, like, <laughs> what is time? And I have like nieces and nephews, step nieces and nephews that are older than me. Like, we don't really hang out, but I know that they're out there because when we, we would meet, they tried that whole Aunt charade. I'm like, what do you mean? You said right. don't. Like, <laughs> I'm like, can you just call me by my name? Just I just don't act, just don't seem right. Just don't. <laughs> Auntie Sheree, they're hey, 20 Auntie years old. Hey, Auntie, what's going <laughs> right. on? You want a cigarette? Right, I'll be like, now wait a minute. Uh, it's like I'm hanging out with these babies that are underneath me. Um, that's the natural order of things. You need to go find some friends. Why don't you get no hobbies? <laughs> Well, it's our time. Y'all better get ready because when we come back, we're going to get into 2015's Krumpus. Well, it's our time. Y'all better get ready because when we come back, we're going to get into 2015's Krumpus. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle bells. Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we gonna survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Everybody, hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. Nothing bad's gonna happen on Christmas. I'm not too mad at this trailer. It does, like, obviously walk you through the movie, but at the same time, I feel like it's not telling you too much of what's in the movie, if that makes sense. I like the trailer. It gave, yeah. gave me just enough. Y'all know I don't really like trailers. Yeah. Exactly. I felt like it did a good job of setting the mood and giving you enough, like, crumbs of what was going to be happening to get you enticed and then but it didn't give away and like you didn't there's no way i could watch that trailer and be like oh, okay that person lives that person dies they're gonna survive yeah. you know like this is my first time seeing the trailer because i don't fuck with trailers like you have to like catch me in the theater in order for exactly. me to see it even then i'm like oh right. no i will stand around the corner until like everything goes down and then run to my seat to avoid a trailer Right. Right. I'm like, I'm in my phone until these trailers are over. Are they over? Are they really over? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm back. Um, and so I, I appreciate that this one is not like on the awful end because a lot of them are like, here's the whole damn movie. And I'm like, I don't, why would I pay for something you just gave me? <laughs> I didn't like this and I'm not going to pay to see it go longer than this. And so I, I think that this trailer, I would have still hated to see it because I would have been like, oh no, and then I know the cast, and I know there's children, I know there's a dinner. But like, <laughs> at the end of the day, it would just be me doing dramatic, and this is a fine trailer. <laughs> the movie opens up with a crowd rushing the doors of Mucho Mart, and all I have to say is, is this y'all holiday? 
For real? <laughs> they were never on Halloween. Never. Okay. I experienced Black Friday wow. shopping, and I'm glad because that just looks. Mm-mm. No. I, I ain't doing Mm-mm. it. I did it one year, and I was like, it's too cold, it's too early, or it's too late. I need to be in bed. Goodbye. See, when I was little, I would like in that in between age of not sitting at the kitty table, but mm-hmm. wanting to be at the adult table. I wanted to go Black Friday shopping so bad because I just wanted to be in the chaos. And when I finally did go, there was no chaos. I was like, yeah, it's it's like it's what? this weird middle. <laughs> it was so boring. It's this weird middle thing where it's like they stand in line for an hour and a half and then they get in there and it's not crazy, but it's not. It's weird. It's just a weird it is and then i didn't even get anything i wanted which i don't know why i thought i was but i was just like y'all came here for bed sheets for real (laughs) i i've never done the black friday thing because like when people invite me they're like we gotta get there at 4 a.m i can use a lie i will i will not be doing this (laughs) yeah thank you very much right i mean now where we are now like black friday is starting now so you get in deals a whole month in advance so it's not the same as it was when we were younger but huh, there's pushing shoving bows being thrown and employees happily tasing rowdy customers <laughs> even the cash registers are filled with smug looks and tears on both sides during the chaos a child sits crying alone while a school is having a recital however It's also riddled with chaos as we meet our main character, Max, dressed as a reindeer, fighting a wise man (laughs) while his sister, Beth, stands and records on her phone. His parents, Tommy and Sarah, break them up as our opening scene ends. Let me tell you something. That reindeer was with the shits, okay? Max, Max is my heart because Max was like, I fought a kid because he tried to run Santa Claus for me. (laughs) You're not about to do this. I don't care. It's on site. This is what I like, okay? On site. I don't care if we have the recital. You're not about to ruin this for none of us, okay? Like, I I just love him because I, too, am a short person, but also, like, I will not be crossed. And and throughout that whole scene, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year is playing over all this chaos. Mm -hmm. And I don't have, have any of you had to work um, retail during Black Friday? Yes, it's terrible. I'm so happy you can relate to me. Hi, Lauren from Scary Crit Podcast. I know you can relate to. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Because here's the thing. When I was working at Charlotte Roos, they had this thing. They was like, well, you can have your family and friends come work with us for Black Friday. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) First of all, not y'all trying to basically say we short staff and we need more hands. So y'all gonna give me a bonus to bring my family and friends in this miserable place. But now I got to deal with all these people, like people trying to like switch sales tags and people trying to argue with me about the sales and stuff like that. I'm just like, it's terrible. The best thing was just that the back was always stocked with all types of like snacks and things. So if I was ever in shoes, that's where I was at. Okay, in the back eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black working Black Friday in retail is miserable. Luckily, I don't I don't know about where you work, but like where I was working at Barnes and Noble, and like so they didn't open any like insane hours. They didn't like do any of those like overnight stuff. So luckily, it was just like a normal shift. But it was the people are just miserable, miserable, and I'm like, y'all need to go home. Yes. 
Let's go home. Okay, y'all doing all of this. We did open late night or stayed later. Like it, it was a whole situation. I was in college. I'm like, this is torture, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas carol plays on the TV screen as Grandma Omi preps sweets in the kitchen. In comes the rest of her family, Max, Sarah, Tommy, and Beth, who are arguing with Max over his previous actions. He defends himself, saying that Ben Kalunsky always rags on Christmas, and he told the first graders that Santa isn't real and is a marketing ploy to sell Coke. His parents still insist that drop-kicking him into the manger was not the best idea. Can you just imagine a tiny Max just like... <laughs> he's a scrappy little fighter i was like this is the hero i've always wanted in a 13 horror movie <laughs> yeah, he's he to my just fire too <laughs> you definitely gotta put him on the final boy list because yeah. he is about that life <laughs> <laughs> despite it being the holidays tommy is still taking work calls to the annoyance of sarah considering you know they already got enough on their hands with her side of the family coming soon. No one sticks around to watch Charlie Brown with Max, except for Ami, you know, like they usually do, but it's not like that this year. I really like A Christmas Carol opening, well, this part of the movie, because it really does like foreshadow the entire thing when you think about mm-hmm. it, because that movie essentially is a nightmare. And you see what we about to get into with this movie. Listen. Yeah, and I like that this movie is still like, in, in the same as the Christmas Carol, preserving like the, the, the not, the whole theme of Christmas with like family and and celebration and support and all that kind of stuff. And when it when it's gone because you're more focused on your work like the father is, or you're more focused on impressing your family like the mother is, and you only have your grandmother to kind of like give you that warm holiday spirit you know and it takes it takes Krampus to come in all right listen (laughs) I do like Max's line (laughs) he's like that wasn't my fault I was under the influence and then Tony's (laughs) like what (laughs) like Christmas cookies and candy canes and it was like oh oh Martha Stewart didn't feed you (laughs) Like, Max is such a sweet kid. Like, you know how sometimes, like, our main character might be the bad kid that they try to redeem or something, but he is genuinely a sweet kid. Like, he knows Santa isn't real, but he just, you know, he's willing to just keep it up for everybody else just to keep it light. And that is so sweet. He's also just a good actor, and we don't have enough kid actors who are good. Mm -hmm. We have kid actors who people say are good because they're kids, and I'm like, I'll be silent until they're 18. Um... (laughs) (laughs) good kid actor because at no point was i like oh is he were they never going to teach him how to read um he's like i came to play i knew tony collette was gonna be here and right. I'm like, oh, just like <laughs> be a menace i gotta get my shit together they low-key could have had him be baby peter in the hereditary flashback but that's done now he's probably big as ever now he is so old now yeah I'm like, he is oh probably God. like grown as ever now <laughs> right he's like almost that. Oh, he is a dad in college. Oh. He still got the hair. Oh, get him! Oh, I just—he's <laughs> the horror podcast little brother, right? Like literally. <laughs> oh, little MJ, and that name—that is so adorable. That's a cute name. MJ is really cute. Okay. Yeah. 
Sarah and Beth argue in the next room about Stevie and Jordan, Beth's female cousins, having to stay in her room during their stay. The argument concludes with Sarah finally hanging the family Christmas photo, but swiftly noticing that Santa is just staring at Beth's butt. Ami and Max discuss his progress on his letter to Santa. He then asks her if she still believes in Santa, to which she says, I believe Santa Claus is what you make him. That to believe in him is to believe in the true spirit of the holiday, the spirit of giving or sacrifice. She kind of gets lost in her thoughts. And, you know, Max sees it like he's just like, um, Ami, where'd you go there? Uh, you know. <laughs> Once he kind of pulls her out of it, she tries to change the subject by giving him cookies before dinner. This fight between Beth and Sarah, I'm like, sis, I feel you because when my cousins come over, when my nieces and nephews come over, everybody want to huddle up in my room. Why we got to come in here? Listen, like it's my room. <laughs> if you Also, why were they there for so long? Because like Tom is like, oh, we only have three more days with them. I'm like, why you got fools in your house for four days? If you ain't got rooms for these fools. <laughs> Let me tell you something because that's the worst. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but that is the absolute worst when I knew that relatives was coming over and they was going to stay there for a minute because you couldn't do none of the normal things that you usually do in the house. Like your mom was going to be on 10. Like you got to wake up super early so you can already have your shower done and all of that so you could be out the way for them. I'm just like, girl, this is way too much. I can't just sit in my room the whole time. You want me to come out and talk to people, kids. I don't nope. want to. They being weird. Like, yeah. Like, listen, I will pay for you a hotel room. Y'all can come over all day. We'll hang out. We'll do whatever. Then y'all go home. And why it always got to be our house that they come to? Why we can't go to someone else's house? Like, it's a bunch of us that live here in the city. This this would have ended with fights. Like, we had too many people in our house. People wouldn't try that with us. But, like, when my older <laughs> brothers would be like, oh, no, I fucked up. Right? I got to move back home. They come back and we would, well, I would be like, things have changed. <laughs> your room is not your room. I needed space. Plug in your game system, stay out my way. But like my little sister is a Virgo, my little brother's a Taurus, and they were like babies. And so they were like, oh, he's back. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is less snacks for us. Somebody drinking my Kool-Aid. I will not. I will not. <laughs> like how you were just trying to secure the snacks. Because that's what. <laughs> it is. It's like, get your own cereal. Like you as an adult. Why are you in my cookie crisps? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I would really fight over the cookie crisp. I don't play No, for real, don't. Let go my ego. If you were gonna get it, your mom had to be feeling really good because you never got cookie crisp. I don't care who right? you are, unless you have food stamps, you was not getting cookie crisp or waffle crisp. You were not getting none of those mm -hmm. unless they were on sale, which was very rare. So if we got that, no, I was not playing. Like we were not sharing that. I might put it. Listen somewhere to hide it and just pull it out when I want to eat it. Like, no, we're right. not. You're, no. you're rationing it. You get one no. cup. Well, that's it. Yeah. One cup. Don't let me catch you my Nickelodeon snacks either, because those are my Capri Suns that I had to work for. And that's my toaster strudel. You know, I had to clean to get that toaster strudel, but not let me catch you in that. Um, <laughs> I like how we were all very protective over the same thing. <laughs> I can't relate, because I'm just sitting here like, okay. I'm just saying, it's okay. <laughs> Oh, the joys of siblings. Listen, listen. But I was the I oldest, was the, so I could boss them all that's around. Honest, like, yeah, nah. I'm the oldest. And then our holidays revolve around our immediate family, plus, like, my mom's sister, 
my mom's parents and then my dad's parents so that was it so like my youngest oldest brother is 10 years older than me and then I had two younger siblings and so we had a lot of nieces and nephews they were like let's all go over there but they knew not to stay more than a day because it's already a big ass family in a tiny house and so like even the holiday line for the bathroom you have to go ahead and like get in there before you need it because you'll never see it again exactly and so like when they had to come back, when they had to move back home, I was, no. And there was that one time where two of my older brothers had to move back home. And I was like, y'all can't, y'all, y'all could, neither y'all could get it together. Neither y'all could get it together. Y'all both can't live with each other and work it out. Listen, no. Okay. Listen, <laughs> no. <laughs> y'all had to come back and put in my space when I just got that room. You just lived. Like, <laughs> you're lucky you got to say a Saturn. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be fucking with you. Like, <laughs> it's okay apparently they like when they just hear us straight laughing and not talking anyway so i'm pretty sure you would enjoy that but beth is in her room talking to her boyfriend Derek, dreading the very moment the rest of her family arrives suddenly the grounds just begin to rattle as everyone in the home braces themselves it like it's Tommy is just drinking from the bottle. <laughs> Max is trying to hurry up and write his letter. Tony is just, you know, she's just trying to woosah, like, because it's Christmas. Beth is just like, you know what? Let's just get this shit over with. It's too much. But Sarah's side of the family comes through the door and it swiftly turns into chaos that quickly turns into violence. Howie, the second to last child, comes in with some type of casserole right as the family's dog, Rosie, just runs right inside. No one knew the dog was coming. Twins, Stevie and Jordan, the oldest children, are upset that the Steelers lost. Howard, their father, comes in and basically sets Tommy up to drop the presents and then take shots talking about where's their butler. Oh my goodness. You think that'd be enough, but a voice can be heard from outside coming closer as Sarah's vibe instantly changes. Like you ever just heard somebody and you just Yes. All the time. Mm-mm. Every no. day. All the time. No. I am a Gemini. This face don't lie. If I hear it and I know it's about to be on site, I'm just like, Mm-mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Linda, her sister, claims they're a surprise, and that surprise that she's talking about would be Aunt Dorothy, who Sarah does not get along with at all. And it is clear to see as Aunt Dorothy just waddles herself in and just takes shots at Sarah, then goes on to say it looks like Martha Stewart threw up in the house in regard to the home decor. (laughs) Tommy points out that something is missing as Linda and Howard realize they left baby Chrissy, the youngest child, in the car this is too much this was way too much in like two minutes i just instantly would have wanted y'all to go home just hi okay bye close the door that's enough i will say that i personally know that i give out um the ant vibes like let me in this house let me have a drink leave me alone till i have my drink and i'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> i can brought my peach schnapps and my vodka we're good <laughs> <laughs> I love that Tom had to remind them they had another kid because when you get a family that's that chaotic, sometimes people forget how many kids there are. 
I know that me and a roommate had friends who had kids and the kids are real bad. And so whenever they were coming over, he'd be like, no, there's three of them. I'm like, no, there's only two. And he's like, no, there's three of them. I'm like, no, it's only two. And then the kids would show up and we count them. I'm like, I told you, I told you. And he's like, I'm like, they just that bad. Well, you thought that was more than there actually is. They were actually going to have five children total, but I think the fifth child actress like backed out and they was like, okay, well, let's just leave it. But I'm yeah. like, Jesus, like y'all was really just, I just don't know what we, if it was an extra kid, I just would have been like, okay. I wonder if it was going to be an older kid because the shotgun marriage situation felt weird because she's definitely a little bit too old to have mm-hmm. this kid be what made her like change her life. <laughs> right. I wonder, I want to know. See, now I yeah. want that. Um, I can't remember one of the wonderful people that puts out discs, Blu-rays, DVDs, whatever put out a new release of Krampus I know Cody is screaming it at us right now but now I want it because I want to do they address that I want to know yeah we're gonna find out at some point but also like when Tony I'm gonna keep calling her Tony and it's fine when Sarah was talking to Linda and she was like why the fuck would you bring Aunt Dorothy she was like well I thought we was dropping off gifts she just came to the door with her suitcase what was I supposed to do I would have been like bye (laughs) I would totally pull that shit and be like I'm coming make room in the car I would have left her. I would have left her. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, without you were joking. Sorry, Aunt Dorothy. Like, oh, oh, you waiting on a ride? I, I'd already been in the car, though. So it. you wouldn't have been. At- <laughs> I'm like, we ain't got no room, Aunt Dorothy. I'd we been, ain't got no room. I've been scooting them kids over. Sit on the lap. I'm like, we got a car no. seat. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't fucks around with surprises that way. <laughs> I would just be like, no. Good day. <laughs> Hope you enjoy your crock pot. We got you. Surprise. <laughs> you can feel the I can't wait for this shit to be over vibe spreading through the room. Howard congratulates his son for burping at the table and goes on to tease Tommy for being an Eagle Scout. He continues on about his guns and how a shepherd has to protect his flock. And Chrissy is just dropping the gravel axe that Sarah made to root them to Rosie down on the floor. When she acknowledges it, Linda smartly tells her kids, and Sarah likes everything to be clean and perfect, and that's why she makes so much food that you can't pronounce. Holding her own, stating that she figured they probably need a break from macaroni and hot dogs, and Dorothy disagrees with her assumption, delivering another day questioning why there isn't a Christmas ham. Like, what's, what's the problem? As Sarah excuses herself to get dessert, Tommy tries to make light of the situation by complimenting her meal, but Howard quickly disagrees. Jordan and Stevie decide to take it up a notch and taunt Max, or Maxipad, as they call him by telling him the news about Santa crashing in the Rockies, leading him to eat his reindeer for survival. Why y'all so chaotic? Why y'all come in here starting shit? Why y'all can't just be quiet? Why we can't just, Listen. like, at least, can we start tomorrow? Like, at least tomorrow. Let's just at least get through the night. Come on. <laughs> the fact that they pulled up expecting dinner. Like, y'all didn't stop at a McDonald's on the way in. <laughs> That's macaroni did. and hot dogs. Right. Yeah. We're going to entertain y'all at dinner <laughs> for four days. I'm going to make a feast for four days. For who? For whomst? Um, also, I'm gonna need Aunt Linda to like, um, what was that comeback, honey? <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? Like, if anything, that made y'all sound dumb. That's why she makes all these foods you can't pronounce. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. 
because they definitely showed up with that um tray of suspect looking cast whatever i don't even but, know what it was i looked at it i was like i just know it's cheese no. on top yeah. that's it in my in my day when we put things into the macaroni and cheese because we were poor we didn't put it in the oven like that's that's unnecessary. You make that craft on the stove and you put in your hot dogs or your tuna or wherever you're at in life. You don't put it in the oven. Don't you can't you can't make that you can't make that a thing by like shoving it in the oven for an hour and being like, no, it's better now. It makes it worse and drier. Like get what you gotta get. Just do it. We all did a poor meal. You making you making tuna helper or hot dog helper on the stove. Don't try and don't try and make it something that's not. Just stick to the AC. <laughs> Right, but, a two-hour meal. But while we're <laughs> talking about comebacks to good people, why is what's his face the uncle so fixated on the uh, the dad being an Eagle Scout? Like that's right. Okay. I'm like, aren't you, you a hunter? Like isn't that kind of the same shit? Exactly. I'm like, is it that serious? Like you just really got to assert yourself, huh? All right, mm-hmm. cool. And and maxi pad, <laughs> I roll. <laughs> Oh, just be like, damn, y'all just really don't have no chill. Like you just, you see. And then my thing was, um, some people would be like, and I know we're about to get into it. Well, why didn't any of the parents like break it up? Honestly, this used to happen to me a lot. Like the parents don't be noticing it until y'all start getting to a certain volume and start getting Mm. loud. Everything that happened before the end, they didn't witness it. So they can't say nothing about it. I'm pretty sure they probably literally heard none of what Stevie and Jordan said until Max started jumping over the table. Like, (laughs) that's, I always had to make it a mood when I was a kid. I was like, judges coming in my house and trying to disrespect my ass. No, thank you. We're gonna have a scene. And that way people are like, oh, maybe we should go. This bitch is upset about our kids saying something. And I'm like, maybe you should go. (laughs) (laughs) I can see a baby you with all this attitude. That's funny. Oh my one God. time because wh- again i had like older um nieces and nephews step nieces and nephews mm. one time i tried to take like my and my sister's bike and i was like oh you want to play this game and i like went over to my mother i was like i need the keys to the garage our bikes are done for the day Wait. <laughs> and she was like uh that was me <laughs> so i locked him up i locked him up and then i was like now nobody gets to ride a bike that is hilarious because i was notorious for putting something away if i knew where i could put it where other people couldn't play with it yeah just petty no i'm like now we all walk in because you thought you was gonna do something because we short (laughs) and my sister's just like i don't know what's happening sarah continues prepping dessert as aunt dorothy comes in just picking at her again sarah you know what she just had enough and at this point she's like well next year how about we go to your trailer after you spend weeks decorating and cooking and cleaning and me and my family will just waddle our asses on in there and start bitching and moaning about the shit you've been doing how about that like that's when i was my most happy with her (laughs) (laughs) i live for the chaos i did she was like ma'am stay out of my kitchen aka stay out of my business just and you know what I do like about this movie as a whole, um, the characters, because when she does this, Aunt Dorothy genuinely kind of does feel bad for what she did. Like, you can kind of see it in her face, but she like, damn, am I this terrible? I can't even, wow. But like, right? a lot of the characters throughout the movie, when they have those moments, everybody does a good job at kind of like, you know, like, damn, maybe I do need to chill a little bit, or damn, maybe I am an asshole. Like, everybody's they do, not yeah. just, they yeah. all kind of have a, a, real, a realization moment. And I think that one of the things I think is so strong about this, especially this section of the film, is that it, for me, 
it feels real. Like this is what holidays felt like as a kid with all my family there. There would be fights, there would be arguments, people would pick at each other. It's just what happened. And then, and you could totally tell that uh, Sarah and what's her sister's name, Lily? Linda. Linda. Yeah, Linda. Sarah and Linda were clearly sisters. And then this, because that whole family makes sense. And then Sarah was like, I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm doing my own thing. So she's trying to do her own thing, but still inviting her whole family. And so it's like worlds colliding and it's such fun chaos. I got the impression that Sarah was definitely new money. Like they grew up poor mm-hmm. and closer to Aunt Dorothy and Linda's mm-hmm. like situation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I will not be doing this shit. Uh, now that I'm an adult, I'm going to make adult moves. I don't dance no more. I make money moves okay. to quote Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's like, now that we have this house, I'm, I'm going to show them that I made something of myself and like, look at us and the things we can have and the things we can do. And they keep coming in being like, we don't care if you got money. We like living in trailers, eating hot dog casserole surprise. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to because, do. Yeah. And you had that moment after like Sarah finally stands up to herself against the aunt and because the aunt's like, what's her problem? Like, this is, I, you could just tell this is kind of like, how they've acted their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like they just pick at each other. That's just what they do. <laughs> yes, I really like that because it's very relatable because my family is kind of the aggressive type and we're lovingly aggressive. It just sounds like we're yelling, but we're actually loving on each other. Whereas BJ's family, they're complete opposite. Like everybody's very soft, kind. So I'm waiting for the day that our families meet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be this type of chaos, but I know like it's going to be like, east coast meets the south and midwest and that's just gonna be something else and i am here for it back at the table howard stevie and jordan continue to terrorize the angles howard is just saying whatever at this point stevie and jordan have swiped max's letter to santa and stevie begins to read it beth tries to calm down max while also demanding stevie cut it out but stevie just proceeds to read the letter To her surprise, the letter turns out to be a very sweet and selfless letter. Max asks for things like getting close with his sister again, for his parents to fall in love again, help for his aunt and uncle, and that Uncle Howard didn't wish Stevie and Jordan were boys. That last one sent Stevie over the end and sent her into complete bitch mode. And Sarah, as she brings the creme brulee, Max, Stevie, and Jordan bring the hot wings, the ranch, the 40, all of that. They just fighting all over the dinner table. Max, clearly upset once everything is over, screams his hatred for everyone and heads up to his room. Tommy checks in on him, assuring it'll be fine once the family leaves in three days. But Max protests that every year it gets worse and worse. Tommy tells Max that, you know, we have to deal with family despite the differences. There might be something that we have in common. And in this case, it might take some time to find. And, you know, maybe that's the point. Tommy also tells Max there's still time to mail his letter, but after he leaves, Max rips up his letter into pieces and throws it out the window. Almost instantly, dark clouds just appear over the house as it's, you know, it's pretty clear that shit is about to go down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It showed us. I just want to point out, I know I spoke about these CGI houses in the neighborhood, but another thing about them, some of the houses are houses that we actually know. If you look at the scene 
where uh, it's kind of like a wider shot. If you look immediately to the left house of theirs, it's the Amityville Horror House. Oh, oh. Yes. I got to rewatch right now immediately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's the thing. They say that it's a lot of popular horror houses from the 80s, but that's the only one that I could clock. I've been told that Michael Myers' house is in it, Ferris Bueller's house is in it, which, I mean, I know that's not horror, but apparently that house is in it. And then Norman Mama's house, you know, from Psycho, yeah. That house is up in there, too. But, okay, those houses, Norman's house is somewhere else in the movie, but... You know, I was trying to clock all the houses because, you know, we see a few houses later, but I, right. I couldn't find them. I was like, so if any of y'all seen them, like tweet us on Twitter so we can see, yeah. point them out, like use the arrow. The only one I could clock was the Amityville Horror House because you can clearly see the shape and you the can see like windows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those windows are like iconic. Anytime I see windows like that, like that I'm like, this house is this. <laughs> you know, like, why do you want to live there? Do you not know the story? <laughs> it's the windows obviously right (laughs) the family wakes up to a blizzard along with no power no hot water no heat and 12 people in the house matt was it really that many people in the house yeah (laughs) yeah because they brought four kids with it yeah, they brought four kids oh, with them yeah. and not Dorothy. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. four people in the house. I was wondering, because, you know, sometimes we exaggerate. We're like, all oh, these people, 50, 11 people up in this house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a head count because I was like 12. And I was like, oh, me, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Max points out that there's a snowman outside, but who could have built that? I mean, the, the, the blizzard just happened. So, uh, you know. Tommy and Sarah continue thinking of neighbors they could reach out to, but majority are gone for vacation and the Cartwrights aren't speaking to them after Max's noodle incident. I want to know what the noodle incident is. like, Because he just smiles and he does this like little like devilish. I'm like, what did you do, little boy? Like, damn. (laughs) He's a fighter. It could be over anything. Max is like, what do you mean the tooth fairy is not real? Pop, pop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. The doorbell rings and Linda opens the door to the DHL man. He's delivering the gifts and as she signs for her package, she notices a bag to the side of the door. The DHL man says this isn't his and throws shade to the boys in the brown, aka UPS. Yes, because that definitely be y'all asses just leaving this shit, not knocking, not telling nobody. Like, first of all, this is where Linda needs to learn how to throw shade because that... <laughs> like when he said it, I was like, oh shit, wait, is he talking about UPS? And then I said, oh damn, they really do just be leaving my stuff anywhere and don't be telling me. Like, damn. <laughs> no, it's a scavenger hunt every time somebody uses them. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did y'all do? Y'all just chat. Y'all, every day, y'all just want to make it harder for me, make it easier for someone to steal my package. All right, UPS, mm-hmm. I'm over it. I'm over you and I'm over your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Howard joins her outside, assuming the Ingles must have received free items and continues to bring the bag inside. Instead of asking, like, hey, y'all know about this? Like, is this shows? Let's see what's inside. Maybe not do that. But um, you return the sender or something. Right. Leave it outside. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Beth, who had been trying to reach her boyfriend, begs to go out to see him despite the weather conditions. And for whatever reason, Tommy believes that she'll be okay to go and Sarah just agrees, but she has to be back in an hour and has to spend girl time with her cousins who are busy wrestling on the floor as Howard is hyping them up, but also very upset at somebody's skill. Somebody ain't doing something right. Ami tries to make good of the situation by making hot chocolate for everyone. Why y'all let that little girl out? I... Okay, so like first off, the fact that she's like, my boyfriend hasn't responded to me. It's a holiday. It's fine. Also, why do all we know about her is she has a boyfriend and she likes the color pink. And I'm just like, you failed her on so many ways. You better believe my ass would not be out in a blizzard for no boy. I just... <laughs> I was just like, sis, then, like, what, what are we doing? Like, stay in the... But Tommy, Sarah, why did y'all let her out? Like, I don't understand. Right? I'm lost. Right? But Bad Parenting Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he lives four blocks away. Like, it's not like he stay across the street next. Like, no, this boy is four blocks away. We can't see nothing that's going on in none of the houses. It's a snowman just randomly in the yard. And you want to just let her frolic in the snow? Okay. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Bad parents. Beth walks through the storm, noticing how bad it really is, and she then hears a growling sound coming from the roof of a house as this gigantic figure rises and just leaps, just goes in the air, like just no problem, onto the roof of another house. Beth dips through the streets, but is no match for whatever this thing is, just leaping from rooftop to rooftop. Finally, she comes across the DHL truck from earlier, but the doors are locked and the driver is frozen inside. Beth quickly hides under the truck as the creature circles the truck only to, once again, leap out of sight, leaving an unwinding jack-in-the-box behind. Beth watches in terror as whatever's in the box slowly rises to attack her. Now listen, I'm conflicted with her final girl instincts because whenever... Would you just sit there and watch that damn box do whatever it's going to do? But also, I don't blame her for not running away because we don't know what the fuck is out there. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted. Yeah, you don't know where Krampus is. Krampus could be on top of the car and you roll out. Well, there you go. Like, but at least then you've got a a, a, a chance of like... Yeah, because I, I just... My final girl brain... I just do not think I would stay under that truck just watching whatever this thing is. Like, mm, I would have punched it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not good. But also, I'm I'm under this and I committed to this choice. <laughs> but like, she can't be here. And so I'd have been like, if you're going to do this, you got to do it from a distance. <laughs> just like reach your leg over and just like tap it with your toe to make you <laughs> right? can. Just like, you see that box sliding across the ice? <laughs> the next little embankment. <laughs> see if I can distract him. Maybe if I kick it this way and I'll roll out this way and go that way. <laughs> right. But also, I wasn't expecting them to... Um, I mean, we're spoiler territory. I wasn't expecting them to kill or whatever they want to call it. James A. Janice calls it capture. Whatever you want to call it. I wasn't expecting them to off her so early in the movie. I was like, oh, Okay, no limit. We just doing this. I, cool choice. I'm with it. One of the things I love about this movie is that the kids are in danger because so often we're like, the kids are going to be safe. I'm like, that's a spoiler. I'm like, if you put them in the horror movie, they are up for grabs. 
Like y'all know my motto: my... kill them all, kill them all, everybody. If, if they old enough to get cast in your movie, they old enough to get killed in your movie. Exactly. Like <laughs> all y'all can get it. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Max notices another snowman while Tommy and Sarah check in with each other. Sarah being worried about Beth, of course, and acknowledging how they kind of miss their relationship. Max comes through pointing out Beth. Max comes through literally like a few seconds later, pointing out Beth's absence and leading to Tommy asking Howard to use his Hummer, Lucinda, to get Beth and to see if they can find any kind of help for or just, you know, anybody in general. Ami says it's too dangerous to travel and they should stay in, but Tommy insists that they'll be fine, even speaking to her in German for the first time in the entire movie, to confirm. But baby, no, this is a complete no for me because Ami, she didn't even say Tommy. She was like, Thomas, no. <laughs> if my mama ever came to me like Ashley, like, first of all, that don't even sound right, me saying my full name, but she ever came to me saying my full name, I'm sitting my ass down. Like, I'm not going nowhere. Mm-mm. When the legal name comes out, it's not a game anymore. Mm-mm. That's when he should sit down and be like, mom, what do you know? What have you done, mom? What do you know? Look, I also like- want to know, like, has he just never, like, like, okay, now I know my grandmother's passed when I was pretty young, so I really don't have that many memories. But I just want to know, like, was he ever, like, not curious? Like, did he ever not ask about his grandparents? Did she just not tell him? It was just, like, it was always us, boo. It was just always us. I licked it because I can see him being like my mom's from Germany and I maybe don't want to know what we got into in Germany in my line um but I can also see him just being like I want to be an American I want to assimilate and that's why he doesn't speak German and we don't even know he speaks it until he asks her the question because he's like American made American fans <laughs> I work this is our house my why wouldn't we want the steward right so or maybe it's a mixture of the two Probably. I'm just very curious. But either way it goes, I do like that they have him speak German. Just so, just like you said, we're aware this isn't just something that the grandma just does. And, you know, I mean, most houses are like that. Like you'll have that one person that's going to speak one language and everybody kind of, for the most part, one person speaks it, but everybody else understands enough that they can still communicate. So I did like that touch. Yeah. I definitely have a lot of friends who grew up in houses where Spanish was only spoken by grandparents. Like the parents would not and so they like I know enough because I hung out with my grandma but like now my mom's like will you teach me Spanish I'm like I don't have the patience right especially when you're talking about you know because essentially he's a first generation immigrant so like a lot of that would be he would he would probably be fluent in German but just not use it as much because he doesn't use it on you know German's not right. it's even different than Spanish I would say because Spanish is something that I could see someone using on an everyday basis in America but German is probably not something that would be as Tommy and Howard go to search for Beth they find an abandoned plow truck that has been broken into with the keys still in the ignition they then arm themselves upon entering Derek's house when they enter it's completely trash. There's even a gingerbread man just stabbed to the fridge. The man observed the chimney that appears to be looking like something burst out of it and left hoof prints leaving it. 
Suddenly they hear Beth screaming for help. And as they run out to help her or find her, something bites Howard's leg and just drags him into the snow. Luckily, Tommy is able to save him by shooting at the creature and trying to escape. They find Lucinda, the Hummer, destroyed and completely in flames. Back at the house, Sarah and Linda have a moment between sisters until everyone hears footsteps just scurrying around the attic. Sarah tries to write it off as squirrels, even after a loud crash. She still insists that, you know, that's the cause. Shortly after, they hear shots from Tommy's gun, of course, not knowing what it is. Sarah is prepared to check on them herself. But fortunately, the two, Tommy and Howard, arrive and they are clearly stressed. Just it's a lot going on right now. Before everyone else can panic, Sarah and Tommy clear the children on Dorothy and Ami out of the room. And as they have them distract the children in their own ways, Tommy tells Sarah and Linda that they haven't found Beth and that they can't just leave because the car is gone. As they argue about the next steps and possibly telling the kids, they instantly scratch that off the list. As you know, the kids are already standing around the corner. As expected, they are pretty panicked at what they heard and the adults proceed and try to keep things normal. Okay, them seeing the hooves for the first time, like just coming out the chimney. As a parent, I don't know what the fuck I would think. I would just be like, what happened at this house? I was not called by my daughter. So I would probably go to the most worst thing because why the fuck is something just walking on two legs on hooves? What's going on here? At that point, I would have been like, my daughter don't exist no more. And I would have tried to get the fuck out. So already I'm not a good parent. And kudos <laughs> to Tom for so caring enough to look for her. I do like, you know how um, a lot of times I say in horror movies, when people get guns, people just expect them to be like straight shooters. And no, because I know how to work a gun. I know how to shoot it and aim perfectly between the eyes. No, but I do like that Tommy's character is played to be somebody that probably doesn't know how to own a gun. But when he gets the gun, he is like, pow, 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 pow. Save the day. Boom. Like Howard is surprised. Like I do, <laughs> I do like when he pulls out the gun and Howard is like, Tommy, <laughs> like he thinks he's going to like shoot him or something. This whole family was just like dead eye Annie. Like everybody who had to pick up a gun was like, pam, pam. And it's like, did you, what did y'all used to do on y'all's holidays? Because apparently y'all was at the gun range. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and see, I would believe that more from, we don't get a last name from them, but more from Sarah's side of the family. Like I can see them doing that. But when, when it happens for Tommy, I'm like, oh, Eagle Scouts like was for real. Like this was legit. This is really some survival training, which he says that's what it was. But I'm like, okay, so you and Aaron, were y'all hanging out at the same places? Aaron from your next? Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on Dorothy teaching them how to make the peach schnapps and having Howie drink it. I would have been like, girl, give me some. Let's see this case. <laughs> so me. Why are so we mean. all drinking? It should have happened. Why are we not all drinking? Was my question. <laughs> Tommy's just over there just I'm like girl I know she was probably in her head just like this is really happening right now why you ain't say nothing sooner sis like come on now that's true as the kids watch an iPad the adults finish barricading themselves inside during which Tommy and Howard finally begin to kind of put their differences aside Tommy tries to get Max to get some sleep 
but he can't due to more snowmen just being outside. He also points out that Omi has been acting strange since the storm started, but Tommy writes it off as Omi being weird during Christmas for her own reasons. The crew settles down while Tommy and Howard decide to take shifts sleeping with Howard going first. And what does Howard do? He pulls a Glenn from A Nightmare on Elm Street and just falls asleep. Like, just... <laughs> Like, clearly, Omi told y'all to keep the fire hot. Like, why would you? And you've already seen something that has clearly come out of the fireplace. And if the fire is hot, it's not going to come out your fireplace. But... In a deleted scene of the movie, Max, um, like, his, he's such a sweetie. He shares some of, like, his Halloween stash with his cousins. And when he opens the box, Sam's lollipop is in there from Trick or Treat. I was like, oh, my little baby. <laughs> since howard fell asleep majority of the candles have burned out the fire is dang near done and the ipad is just hanging on one percent and finally dies seconds later laughter can be heard from the attic through the chimney suddenly a hook appears and it's not daniel robitaille it is not beehive security so we can all just breathe there but it's a gingerbread man howie wakes up noticing it without any thought goes over and just proceeds to eat it mid chew, the cookie just springs to life in utter shock that this little boy just bit his head like this wraps a chain around him whistles to somebody wherever they're at up yonder who starts pulling howie up through the chimney Howard tries to save him, Big Howard. But of course, you know, his leg, it don't work. You know, it's all bad. So Sarah goes right for his ankles, trying to bring her nephew back down. By this time, everyone is awake, trying to help. During the struggle, a log covered in ashes rolls from the chimney over to the Christmas tree, setting it ablaze. As Max extinguishes it, like it's all, it's like it's 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 up in smoke. It's going down. As Max extinguishes it, the rest of the family is unsuccessful at saving Howie as he ascends up the chimney, only leaving his shoe behind. Little boy, A little boy, what? That was your fault. You that was all Howie's fault. Like why? I laugh every time I laugh every time. <laughs> why would you go over there and eat that cookie like that? And I know as soon as that cookie sprang to like that little boy probably shit his pants. Like, cause I would have. <laughs> right. The cookie coming alive almost makes me think of like um, when Chucky like sprang alive on Karen. Like he really had to think about it for a second. Like did this, he just bite me. Like what the, my head is missing. Like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> As Howard blames himself for everything, Omi relights the fire and tells everyone they are responsible for what's happening and what's coming. Knowing everyone is pretty much lost on what the hell she's talking about, she speaks English for the first and only time. Well, we get another time, but we'll just count this one. First and only time to share a story about what is going on. As she does, we, the audience, get the coolest claymation backstory about when Omi was a little girl and the moment she gave up on Christmas. Because she gave up her belief, she wished for her family to go away versus wishing for a miracle, and this brought forth Krampus. She tells them that Krampus came forth to punish and to take, and once he took her family to the underworld, but he left her alone as a reminder of what happens when the Christmas spirit dies. 
this was like the coolest transition. I wasn't prepared for it when they started doing it. I'm like, wait, oh, we're doing this. Oh, this actually looks nice. Okay, continue. I'm torn because it looks really nice, but it also just does not fit this world because we have so much going on, but it's all like grounded and like realistic ish things as far as you can go with Krampus um and then we're like he has this cool animation and I'm like I don't know how to feel about it but I'm watching it <laughs> I was <laughs> completely pulled in I was just like it felt like a whole different movie I was like oh wait oh we're back um, now okay never mind yeah I really liked it because it a it gave a new energy and it prepared me for kind of the puppetry that we're about to see with the the monster things and so okay now i'm pulled now i'm in more of a fantastical like a, a the labyrinth kind of world now. that's a good point i didn't even think of it like that because right after the story this is when we see all of the batshit crazy things going down so i mean well we just saw the gingerbread man so you right. know what it's kind of like the nutcracker in a way because all this shit goes down mm. when like the rat come everything goes nuts and we are kind of in this world so that's a good point I didn't even think about that Howard just blatantly insults only calling her trauma as a no calling her trauma a twisted bedtime story and sets off to find Howie once he opens the door there are more snowmen outside and the latest edition kind of looks like Howie I don't know if they were supposed to look like the people that left because that one didn't look like Beth but that little one looked like Howie so I'll take that one but (laughs) before anyone can figure it out giggles and glowing eyes are spotted from afar as Sarah finally the only person that's making any type of sense gets everyone in the house and shuts the door the next day being Christmas Eve a concerned Stevie and Jordan asks Ami how they can reverse their luck Ami answers, it's not what you do, it's what you've given up in here, in your heart. Y'all can't see me pointing, but there it is. When they ask if they can make him go away, Max isn't able to translate what Omi says, but basically she's saying we're fucked. And that's our one F word for the PG-13 movie. And Ami basically agrees. Tommy and Sarah say they believe Ami's story without saying they believe Ami's story. And decide to get Howard and Linda, the latter who has been trying to rewrap presents. She spots a few she doesn't recognize, but before she can investigate, she meets with the rest of the adults as they plot to go back for the snowplow, because you know it had the keys inside. They'll come back for everyone else, pack up, head to the mall, and if that doesn't work, they'll keep driving until something else does. Unknown to everyone, the gifts upstairs start moving, sniggling, and giggling. And while Max spots Krampus outside, like he literally sees him outside, Stevie and Jordan are going upstairs to use the bathroom since Undorthy clawed the one on the main floor. Wow. Jordan continues. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, girl, just doing everything. So many roles for the drunk aunt who clogs the toilet. I just love yeah. her so much. <laughs> She's just the agent of chaos in this film. And that's why she's my favorite. I just love her. I don't know why. And it's just like, that's just the perfect thing to happen during all of this. Like, perfect. Of course you would do that. And of course it would be you out of all people. (laughs) Jordan continues to think of reasons how he might have been taken until they hear a voice that they think is Beth calling them to come up where she is. Shortly after the girls go, they start screaming as Sarah, Tommy, and Linda head up to see what's happening, having Howard stay behind, you know, because of his leg. 
Max instantly tells Omi that he thinks this is his fault, but she, you know, she just tries to give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing damn well, like, girl, you need to be honest. Just tell him, like, yes, baby, I told you to send that damn letter off. You ain't do it. And now look, look at the damage. Look what's happening. Then, <laughs> and Dorothy, when they was like, you just let them go to the bathroom, she was like, was there another option? Like, what, what was. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want me to do? Go outside? Like I don't... Sarah, Tommy, and Linda explore the dark attic, only finding ripped up presents. The ones that Linda was expecting earlier was inspecting earlier. A box belonging to a jack in the box, a canister of open gingerbread cookies with one half eaten inside. I'm just like, y'all eat y'all cannibals too? Okay, cool. <laughs> They hear noises coming from the other side and go to see what's happening. They soon find the Jack in the Box eating Jordan. Her feet are just dangling out the mouth. Then he just wipes his mouth, like just, you know, with a little napkin. He's probably my favorite monster of the movie just because he looks so (laughs) wild and ridiculous. (laughs) You just see feet going down his throat and I'm just like, oh no. The way his mouth opens, I was like, nope. Nope, 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 I have um, link down below. I have like the Weta workshop who did the designs for the creature. I have some behind the scenes that you guys can see. That Jack in the Box was done with three people. And once you see how they're doing, you just like, you guys can't see me, but you're just staring at it like, (laughs) like there's literally one person just like controlling the tail like this. I'm like, oh, that's how you got that to work. Like, it's like, it's very, it's a good time to see. Tommy shoots at the the jack-in-the-box, sending it just scurrying away. And the trio tries to find it when a demented cherub just just swoops and attacks Sarah. I was like, oh my God, this is too much. That thing was scary. That cherub is wild. (laughs) It is. Like, and we literally don't get a second to breathe because as soon as they're trying to help Sarah getting attacked, a teddy bear just sneak attacks Aunt Linda and then Tommy gets attacked by a robot just like stabbing him in the back. It's just all types of chaos and violence. And Sarah gets hanged by a cherub. Like, you know what? I'm not going to say no spoilers, but just know Tony Collette and addicts, like, no, like they just don't mix. And I'll just leave it there. (laughs) Listen. Listen, like we will get there when we get there. But Tommy, he's just out for the count, still getting stabbed in the back. The teddy bear almost gets the best of Linda until she sees an unconscious Stevie and goes into super mom mode and just annihilates the toys, attacking everybody except the Jack in the Box because she wants to stop and have a heroic line. If she had to just not said anything and just went off that adrenaline, she probably could have saved somebody, but it escapes into the walls. During that chaos, Uncle Howard was being attacked by three gingerbread men. First, they get a hold of a nail gun and just crack up as they just send nails flying towards Howard. He's able to get the better of them once he shoots him and sets them on fire. One of them, it's one of them that just falls. It's just like, Like this whole scene was just too much. There are two of them that are still going. They don't get tired. He's able to shoot one of them, but the other one leaps towards him with a sharp candy cane. But luckily, Rosie eats the gingerbread man. Did you know that two of them like are voiced by Seth Green and Justin Roiland? 
And I'm just like, are you serious? Yeah, but I'm like, like they don't have any speaking lines. So it's not like they could say anything for you to tell. They're just like yelling and screaming and laughing. But I'm pretty sure they're probably like the last two that were standing, if I can guess, probably. But I'm like, I want to hear them talk. You know, their voices so well. And the fact that I did not catch those laughs concerns Mm -hmm. me. I'm going to have to watch this again when we're done just to be like, oh, now I can hear it. The toys in this attic, I just, I don't know what I would do. I would probably just be, especially if I had the chair, I would just be like, yeah, no. And then the funny part is like when Sarah is screaming, but it starts screaming back in her face. I'm like, not you taunting her like this. Like, you're the scary one. (laughs) (laughs) Max calls for Sarah for, I I really don't know why he called her. They, when they got down there, nothing was ever said that. I don't know. But yeah, we never find out. But hella noise is just happening. And I guess it's just the jack in the box trying to get out the house. Max opens the vent for Rosie to climb into, which goes well at first, but then goes left once we hear the dog whimper, then goes silent. Seconds later, the jack in the box just comes crashing through the ceiling. As Howard prepares to shoot it, the cherub comes flying through the ceiling, attacking, and so does the teddy bear. So obviously, you know, Aunt Linda really didn't do anything, but she tried. We appreciate her efforts. Max is able to (laughs) intervene the teddy bear as Aunt Dorothy takes the gun, shoots both the teddy bear and the cherub, and before she has the pleasure to end the jack-in-the-box, more commotion can be heard as the jack-in-the-box just clappily, just clappily, that's not a word, as the jack-in-the-box just happily claps his hands and only only says L's as the windows shatter and these L's wearing these masks that look like the Oogie Boogie Kids just invade the house like it's like i'm just like what the fuck what type of circle is this what is happening they douse the fire snatch on dorothy out the window right along with baby chrissy first of all why why is no one ever holding this child this baby is always on the floor like what the and then when they snatch and dorothy out the window i love that sound effect because it goes Wing! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I can't get over it because this whole scene, like, I didn't know whether to be scared or whether to laugh because I'm just like, it is so much going on. Like, we really do not get a second to breathe. Howard tries to at least save someone by grabbing the jack in the box, but fails to realize that, you know, they chained it up earlier as it also gets yanked out the window. A howl is heard in the distance and the elves just look around and they just leave. Just they're out of there like, all right, we're done. Master's here. Over. That's over. Without hesitation, Tommy and Sarah jump into action, trying to get the family out. Omi is still trying to light the fire when a loud thud can be heard on the rooftop. The family quickly gets ready to leave with instructions to hold on to each other. And as they clear out, Omi stays behind and locks herself in the house to face Krampus. I'm like, Omi, like, girl, we could. Omi, no. I mean, this is kind of your fault for not telling us early on. You should have been straight on with us and just been the grandma that everybody thinks is crazy and be telling us these traditions. But also, girl, no, I didn't want you to do this. Um, it didn't have to be this way. It didn't. But she ain't never scared. You know, she a G. Ami walks to the living room and just stands in front of the fireplace as Krampus makes his way down the chimney right in front of her. They meet face to face for the final time um. as he reaches for, first of all, <laughs> Everybody want to be Freddy so bad. Like the part when he was reaching out with his finger and then his tongue. I'm like, y'all all can't be Freddy, okay? Just stop it, okay? 
<laughs> he brings a bag over to her, opening it up as the toys inside attack her. I was just like, damn, Omi. And she ain't run. She just stood there like a real G and was just like, at least I could buy my family some time. I was just like, damn. <sighs> the remaining family, Max, Sarah, Tommy, and Linda, and Stevie, try their best to make it to the plow. As they do, the creature from earlier comes through the snow and attacks. Tommy decides to stay behind to buy some more time for the family. He tries his best, but fails to shoot the creature and is dragged under the snow. Just as the last four reach the plow, Aunt Linda is caught by the creature and shortly after, so is Sarah. But she is able to get the kids into the plow before she tries to save Linda. But as I said, everyone gets caught by the creature. Max and Stevie try to get the plow to work, but you know, Max has no idea how this works. He doesn't know how to drive a stick because they drive a hybrid. <laughs> but, <laughs> like this poor baby just going through it. Before they can figure anything out, the ales attack Stevie and Max. Stevie gets pulled out while Max is able to knock an elf into the snow who gets dragged off instead. So this snow is like, well, I mean, it's something. We're just going to take everybody. If you, she shouldn't have failed. You should have knew what you were supposed to do. <laughs> having escaped, Max tries, having escaped, Max tries to go for Stevie, but runs into Krampus instead. Krampus drops a little gift, wraps Krampus drops a little gift wrapped in Max's torn up letter. It's the same bell that Omi had. He hears her words as he realizes, just like her, he was left behind as a reminder of what happens when the belief is lost and the Christmas spirit dies. Max comes across some sort of festival. It's like an after party. They just celebrating. They turning up. He then screams at first of all, I'm like, baby, you really want to be calling him an asshole after all this happened? I think you want to like probably want to be polite maybe maybe not <laughs> i don't know but he begs to take his wish back and return his family throwing the ornament toward him the ornament sinks into the ground creating a volcano type opening to hell this is probably what that hell house hell hole looked like this is what i would imagine but max tries to beg and save stevie but despite his tears she is dropped into the pit of fire. Krampus straight up laughs in Max's face as he dangles him over the pit, hearing all the screams of his family. And with one last plea for a normal Christmas, Krampus drops Max into the pit. I am just like, yes, we can put Krampus in the asshole category because he really had this little boy thinking because he dropped some little white tears or whatever, whatever they're supposed to be, that he was going to be fine. And Krampus was like, oh, no, baby, I was just trying to, you know, dry you off before I dropped you in this pit. So you don't have any type of moisture, you know, got to let you be crispy. I love this because so often it's like, well, the child learned the lesson. So therefore we get a happy ending. And Krampus is like, fuck your mm -hmm. happy ending. Um, <laughs> we're not done. So, okay. Who are we hitting up next? Okay. We're going to the Barry's house. Bet. Cool. Okay. Drink up. We'll be there in 10 minutes. Hydrate, y'all. Hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the Jack in the Box is winded back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely like that one. That's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> Max wakes up in his room. The house has power. No snowmen are outside and it's Christmas. He joins his family who has been waiting for him all morning. Max joining his parents on the couch. As they begin to open presents while drinking hot chocolate, Max receives a present. It's the ornament Krampus gave him. And as he inspects it, 
everyone else just looks at it and then looks around the room as if they all had the same nightmare. As a silence falls upon the family, the view pulls out to show the house has been trapped in a snow globe with a collection of other houses trapped in snow globes inside of Krampus's lair. And of course, the studio had to ruin the moment with toys jumping out at the end. <laughs> and that was Krampus. But I have to ask, I have to ask, what is your theory on this ending? There was an alternative ending, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure there was. I don't remember what it was, though. Yeah, the only thing that's different is he pulls out the ornament and only he and only look at each other. Everybody else just Mm -hmm. keeps operating like it's a regular day. And I don't think it pulls out to the workshop, Krampus' workshop. Like this ending, because seeing all of them remember what the hell they just went through. Um, Because you're like, this is too soft of a lighting. I know something's not right. This is not a real dream. So here's my theory. I basically think that they're like stuck in Christmas and it's going to keep like replaying for them. Mm -hmm. Like every morning he wakes up, he's going to go downstairs. It's going to be Christmas. I don't know if any of you guys have seen this movie called Haunter. I can't remember what year it came Mm -hmm. out, but it has um, Abigail Breslin in it. I kind of felt like it was going to be that vibe. Like they was just going to keep looping. Like they're actually in purgatory. I don't think it's a happy ending. Like, they not never going home. They stay in there forever. Yeah, I don't think it's a happy ending, but I, I also don't think it's, like, a torturous ending. It's weird. It's purgatory. So you're that, just kind of stuck. That's not torturous mm-hmm. to you? <laughs> I would be mad if that's I was it. stuck in Christmas. I'm like, damn, we they can't get Halloween. They all live together forever. I they all live Christmas. together forever. I he got Christmas. his wish, but it was not specific. Forever. Listen. Yes. Me and Aunt Dorothy will just go hang out and get drunk every day. And I have to go to work. It'd be great. Because, yeah, I guess you wouldn't run out every morning. It would be refilled. So, I mean, I guess you got a point there. Like, I wonder how much of the reset (laughs) is the reset every day. Like, do you wake up and forget for a minute you're in purgatory? And then you're like, oh, no. Uh, Or do you wake up and go, no, we still here. And I know it. I just wake up and be like, wait a minute. Didn't I do this already? No. Oh, yeah. It becomes Groundhog Day. It probably so I'm gonna be that same realization that, that they see, like they go, it's he wakes up, oh, it's da, 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 da. and then you see the present or the the ornament, and then you all realize, oh, we've been here for three hundred sixty-eight million yeah, years. It's been eighty-four years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you all have any final thoughts, grievances, approvals of the movie before we get into our ratings? I think for a PG-13 movie, it's really good. And for a horror Christmas movie, it's really good. So the fact that like those two worlds can exist and I don't hate it, that's that's just hats off. <laughs> and the fact that Sheree and I are agreeing yeah. on a movie. That never that... happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, this is this, this oh, right? real. <laughs> no, we're just fighting. Um, it's a disagreement on Fear Street every time we're not alone. <laughs> like we ain't having it back over no more. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I'll be outside listening like, yes. And somehow I find myself agreeing with both of you. And it's the Libra in me. I can't never pick a sad, but I'll be like, yeah, I see your point. But no, Trent, I see your point too. I get it though. Like, <laughs> we did the math yeah. and the podcast is, it was made in Leo season. And I'm like, of course it was. Cause I'm a Gemini, he's a Taurus. And so of course it would have to be a Leo. <laughs> Ours is a Scorpio oh. and I, it, it fits. I see it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I see it. Cause child, <laughs> child, I see it. <laughs> but no, I love this movie. I watch it at least once a year, probably more than that. I, I love it so much. 
this has definitely become a staple for me. I really, I really want to see an R-rated one. I don't know if we're going to do it too. I don't know if they're going to show us Krampus's face because I know I didn't mention like he's wearing a mask. Like the actual Krampus mm-hmm. is wearing a mask. Like we don't know who it's supposed to be. It looks like an effed up Santa to me, but it's something. But I'm just very interested. I like the way that um, this story was told because every nobody even like Howie and Jordan and the baby Chrissy even though they really didn't have a part in the movie they still like felt important it wasn't just like that random cousin one thing I will say the end um I know a lot of people don't like it because it's like okay we got all these people and we just got to kill them let's just suck them through the snow but for me that was scary because I have dreams like that I have dreams that I will be in a room with people and they're always different. And I think I told this story before. They're always different people, like a different collection of people. And one by one, they just start like sinking through the floor. And I'm just sitting in a chair watching this happen. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And why we keep having this dream? Like, what is going on? But so when that part happened in the movie, I'm like, yeah, no, that's exactly what it looks like. Like, they're just standing in front of me and they just sink into the floor. I don't know what that's about. So it worked for me. But what about you, Nay? It was a cute movie. Omi was my favorite character. And I like that no one was scared. My kind of movie. I kind of want her story. I kind of want the actual prequel. I want to see all her family get snatched up and her be like, oh no, I done fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) See her walk through life. Like, how does she overcome this? Because she is pretty chill. So that's how, you know, them really be the ones that like be having a story. Once you've been through it. Yeah, but you know, well, right. And she was the one, she was there. She was already baking cookies. She had Christmas Carol TV. She had Christmas Carol's play. I, one of my favorite scenes is I think at one point she's like singing in German and everything else is really quiet. I think it's just a really beautiful moment in the movie. There's so many moments in the movie that I'm like, this is, I know this is dark and people are being murdered, but it's still like family. Yeah. <laughs> the family's all together in the living room because there's no power. And it's like... I cannot. <laughs> ratings this movie was giving a 6.2 out of 10 on imdb a 67 percent on rotten tomatoes and a three out of five on letterbox well oh yeah i guess 80 percent of google users liked this movie our rating system if you are new here we go by fives on a scale from zero to a hundred how many tickets do you all give krampus i'm gonna go last I don't want to go first. Sheree, Johnny, somebody? <laughs> I gave it 75 tickets. I'm going to give it 85 because, I mean, like, the things that were wrong with it is because it's PG-13 and it's Christmas, not because, like, the script was failing. It's like, those are two hard things to push. So 85 tickets. I'm going to give it... Like I said, I've I've seen this movie numerous times. I'm going to give it 95 tickets. And I think I would give it five more if it were a rated R. It's crazy because I also gave this 85 tickets and it was the same exact reasons. I was like, if it was just a little bit 
darker if it was rated r had a few more cuss words we'd be good (laughs) but this is definitely a staple i feel like um at this point if you're a horror fan if you like christmas horror movies even if you aren't a horror fan like i still feel like this should be in the christmas rotation i feel like it can satisfy both ends yeah yeah because i think there's there's enough comedy and enough spooky and enough christmas that i think it kind of hits a lot of different genre and i think this would be a good one for almost anyone that if you like horror or you don't like Mm -hmm. horror Mm -hmm. well with that being said we can bounce out to the souvenir shop you ready thanks for writing before you go take a detour into the souvenir shop So in the souvenir shop, I actually found some stuff today. There's actually a book called Krampus Shadow of a Saint. And of course, I'm going to have all this stuff linked below. So I'm just going to run through these for y'all. What a workshop. Once again, the special effects um, crew that worked on this movie, they released a number of collectibles through their online store. You can get um, there's like a little Krampus, the cherub. One of the dark elves like has a statue. They also had, I don't know if it's still there, so had a life-size prop reproduction of the Krampus bell. You know, like the little ornament. I think they still sell it because I have a link for it. So I think it's still there, but I'll give it to you all at the bottom. Then you can also get the little chair of tree topper if you want it at the top of your tree to terrify you. <laughs> <laughs> Then Spirit of Halloween also released a six foot tall animatronic of Krampus. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that one would actually send me over the edge. (laughs) And of course, for our cover art, I really do enjoy this one. Um, There are two different ones. One of them, it's just Krampus just creeping on top of the house, just like Santa Claus would. And I'm just like, oh. This is dangerous. I don't know how I feel about this. And the other one is just his long ass fingers grabbing a snow globe. But I think I like the blue one the most with him creeping on top of the house. One thing I forgot to mention when Omi like is about to face him and the radio starts playing that song up on the rooftop, click, click, click. That was scary. And I didn't like how they did that because I was like, damn, I'm kind of (laughs) scared. All right, John, are you ready for me to run these park announcements? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. All right. That was our season two. We jumping off so icy escapades. I cannot wait for y'all to see what else we have in store for the rest of the month. But if you want to get a jump on that, you can join us on our social media anywhere. IG, Twitter, TikTok. It's all the same. D180 podcast. So you have no excuse. If you really want to be slick with it, you can join us on our Patreon, which is also linked below. You would get the podcast like damn near a week early. Maybe not. Let me not make no promises because that only happened like once. But (laughs) and then you just get a whole bunch of other exclusive stuff that you're not going to get on this here podcast. But before we go, I want to thank A Nightmare on Fear Street for hanging out with us. We always have fun with you Thanks all. Always good to see y'all. Thank you all for having us. We always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. If you have not gotten into their podcast, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like, please, like, can, you, can you go visit them? Thank you. All right. Now that we had that conversation, I'm going to let them wrap up and tell us what they have going on. What can we be looking out for for you guys? 
How can um, we support? This December, we are doing Fucked Up Families because that's how we get down for the holidays. So we have four very specific movies that are conversations. <laughs> so check us out on those Mondays. We drop at like 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Uh, we also can be found on our allmylinks.com backslash a nightmare on Fear Street. So you can catch up with us on Clubhouse, Patreon, everything else we're on over there. Um, or you can straight up hit us up on Twitter at a nightmare fears. I love it. Definitely be looking out for that. And it's crazy because we started to do that, but then we found something very chaotic and we decided to change the title because we just could not skip out on the chaos. But you survivors will not find out until January. And once y'all here, y'all gonna be like, yeah, AJ came up with that shit. It was no way it was John A because of course AJ <laughs> came up with that shit. <laughs> we will catch you guys next week when we discuss 2007's Wind chill. I have not seen this. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah, on my list because I've heard things. I'm excited. This is episode. That's why I'm like, I've heard stuff, but we're gonna see. I try to go in as blind as possible. So if you haven't seen it, let's get on it so we can talk about it next time when we link up in the park. All right, Bye, survivors. Y'all. We'll see you soon.